This is the FCPS show from Pinscow Salfelden, and on this episode, Tom and Lee will be looking back over Pinscow's first draw of the season, as well as how some of our league rivals got on in cup action. Welcome to another episode of the FCPS show and unfortunately it's another post-match where we have to digest a rather unfortunate result for FC Pinskau Saalfelden. My name's Tom Midler and here to discuss the game with me against Bischofshofen is Lee Wingate. We raced into a 2-0 lead, ended up drawing 2-2. It's definitely one where Bischofshofen will go away the happier of the two teams. What did you think, Lee, about the, the opening phase of the game at home against Bischofshofen? I thought we were very dominant in the opening half. We had a lot of good passing, a lot of good movement. And then, of course, we, we took the lead, uh, perhaps from a, a slightly fortuitous situation where Nicholas Seiler smashed that free kick against the crossbar and, and Alexander Gardenstetter was the, the quickest to react, wrong-footing the keeper with that, that finish into the corner. It was a nice finish too. Um, and then after that, I felt that we looked quite comfortable as well all the way up until half-time. I don't think Ziegler will have had many complaints going into the break. No, there were a few chances for Bischofshofen and actually, in a way, they looked closer than they were because they hit the bar a couple of times and they pushed forward. But on every occasion, just as the sort of heart was in the mouth for Pinskow, Bischofshofen were actually offside. So my take on it sort of from the stadium was that it doesn't really count, does it? You can come as close as you like, but if you were two metres offside, anybody can create great chances if they're standing two metres offside. So Bischofshofen probably felt like they'd come close on a number of occasions, but in actual fact, that was sort of null and void. And it was all about Pinskow yet again. This time, could they build on that? It was a great goal. You mentioned it. You know, you don't see that very often. Silas free kick crashes off the bar. And I thought, ah, unlucky again. You know, we're not going to be able to take the lead here. But everyone was ball watching and Gardenstetter tucked it away. So it was looking good at that point. And then, yeah, the halftime interval, the rain that was, that's been so heavy in Salfelden for the last week or so kept on coming down. A bit of thunder and lightning as well. I wondered if they were going to finish the match, but... Nothing was stopped. And uh, yeah, you, you wonder what, what Ziga said to his team at half time. No changes were made initially in the second half and Pinskow kept on coming. You know, they'd had a couple of chances. Cooksley looked dangerous in the first half, setting up chances for Tandari. Vosjar didn't really get into the game against his former club, Bischofshofen. But uh, who else sort of stood out for you in the early stages? I thought Nicholas Seiler was very impressive. He doesn't actually often play from the start. He's often been coming on as a substitution. There are a few absences in the midfield and I thought he slotted in quite nicely. A lot of good passing and he took over the role of set pieces from Dominic Kirchner. A lot of dangerous corners and of course the, the free kick that we mentioned, he was good. I mean, Lucas Schubert has impressed me in every every single game this season. And yeah, like you said, Harry Harry Cooksley did look dangerous as well. Unfortunately, the, the other two attackers, I think Tamash Tandari and, and Semir Gvozja, didn't really offer too much in this particular game. You know, everyone has their off days. But um, yeah, I think really struggling to score from open play at the moment. And that was the case until a bit of magic from Lucas Moosman. Yeah, we're talking about substitutes, talking about Ziga changing things up. Just after the Almark, he did decide to change things up. Vosjar came off, Cooksley came off as well. Moosman, one of the players who was brought on. And just moments after his introduction, Moosman made it 2-0. Yeah, it was a kind of a long punt downfield from Stipo Kolic, but, but nonetheless 
Musman pounced on the opportunity, ran into the box, and then a nice bit of trickery to, to sidestep a couple of defenders, a good finish too. And I think that must have been within literally 30 seconds of his introduction. So talk about a, a super sub there. Then, of course, it was a familiar pattern from over the past few weeks that seems to be repeating itself. We we let them back into the game almost immediately. And I think to watch for for the supporters, it was immensely frustrating. I thought last week at Sikirchen, it sort of taken away my argument because I thought if we'd have only gone 2-0 up, we'd have held on to it because we looked so comfortable at 2-0 against Grudig a few weeks back. But it was a remarkable similarity to the game against Sikirchen. Unfortunately, a penalty kind of out of nowhere against the run of play. Authority has it that it is a deserved penalty. It was a bit of a mistake in the box, holding onto a player at a corner kick. In fairness to Pinskow, if that is given as a free kick or a penalty, sorry, then there would be three or four penalties in every game. But it's unnecessary, and it gave Bischofshofen a lifeline. You know, they, they didn't really create anything. They, they never played through our defence on the day, and they go forward, get one corner from a deflected long shot, and suddenly they've got a penalty from that corner. Yeah, I think initially everyone was that was watching the stream, like myself, I know you were lucky enough to be live in the stadium, but I think everyone watching that stream was thinking YNF as a penalty being given there. But then you see the coming together on the replays and, and perhaps it's slightly more understandable. I think it was definitely a a more, you know, it was more of a penalty than the one that we, we conceded against Seekirchen last week where there were debates about whether it was the hand, whether it was really the area. This was a, a coming together in the box and, you know, it was given. I think that you know penalties do happen. You can't really legislate for that. Like you say, they didn't really play through the defence. But the second Bischofshofen goal was quite disappointing for me because it was obviously a wonderful piece of individual play from Nicholas Meyer. But first of all, I was thinking to myself, he's not going to get through all of those players because there were sort of three, three uh, Pinsgar players converging on him. He did manage to get through. And then it was a good shot and it was on target. But I think um, Steeper College will have been thinking to himself, I, I should have got a more solid hand to that because it was very central, did crash off the bar and go in. They always look aesthetically good when they do that. But yeah, it was very close to the goalkeeper and, and perhaps therefore a, a disappointing goal to concede. Yeah, I'll make no accusations against Steeper College for the goal last week. It was just an unfortunate slip at the wrong time that allowed Sikirchen in. But for this one, yeah, you mentioned it's a little bit central slippery conditions, really, really wet, heavy rain. You've got to know in these games it's just worth getting shots on target. And unfortunately, Bischoff's often proved that with, with what Meyer did, uh, having that long-range shot go in off the underside of the bar. But for me, this was a place where we, we missed Jatta on the day. Meyer skipping around two or three players, a couple of rather half-hearted challenges coming in against Meyer. nobody managing to dispossess him of the ball. And he ended up in space on the other side of, of all those challenges. And that's... That's not really forgivable at this level. You know, once he's gone past one or two players, the third player who's there has just got to take him out and get a yellow card. It would have been worth it on the day. Side note on yellow cards. Unbelievably, nobody was in the book after this game. A couple of tackles from Bischoff's often, especially in the first half. I thought Harry Cooksley completely had the measure of uh, Elias Kircher, the right back for Bischoff's often. He went past him time and time again. Kircher fouled him on a couple of those occasions where, for me, there were a few classic yellow cards, but none were given. Anyway, back to my original point, just take the guy out, take out Maya, take a yellow card for the team, don't let him advance forward. But it's hard to know. Of course, it's disappointing being pegged back to 2-2. How did the game go from there? You know, were, were Pinskow rocking at this point, would you say? I think obviously when you come from two goals down, the momentum is definitely on your side and, and Bischoff's often didn't show any fear. They had a few chances. Again, they did hit the crossbar, but like you say, it was offside. So do you really credit that as a chance? 
And then I think Pinsgale sort of came back in the final few minutes. There were quite a lot of corners coming into the box. And again, that's definitely a situation where the presence of Jatter is sorely missed. He's looked so dangerous with his, his aerial threat coming in to, to meet, meet corner kicks in the first few games. And yeah, I would have, would have said that we were probably the, the stronger team in those final few minutes. The luck, for whatever reason, hasn't been with us. I definitely think there's a crisis of confidence there at the moment. And also creating and converting chances from open play. So there's a few things certainly for, for Mr Zieger to work on. We did get the one goal from open play, at least in the game against Bischofshofen. But again, that urgency at 2-2 was somehow missing then until the end of the game. You know, the last five minutes we threw everything forward. You just wonder how the players are coping at the moment. Confidence is something that you brought up. I think that's a really big point for Pinscout at the moment. I'm not convinced that all of the players are ready to deal with the kind of extra pressure that this season has brought with it. It didn't happen last year. Pinscout was still sort of floating under the radar. They had a lot more players, of course, from North America last season too. Those players are not here this season for whatever reason. And it is having an impact. You know, you can't miss out on players that good um, and that many of them. And this kind of winning mentality that they bring to the side and, and some of the, the younger team members are doing really well at Pinscow, but also the pressure's really been ramped up on them this season. And I'm not always sure that, that everybody's quite ready for it and ready to, to be the favourites in every game. That is tough. It does something to you mentally. And you could see what it meant to Bischofshofen. They celebrated like they'd won the championship just for coming away with a 2-2 draw. And... Yeah, it puts Pinscow in a tough position. And, and I think after five games now, they've got to start getting used to it and they've got to start getting used to it quickly. They do. I mean, it certainly doesn't help when all of these media outlets and newspapers uh, are reporting that we are the title favourites, that we are, in, in some cases, I read an article this weekend, the self-appointed title favourites. I don't think there's really been been any claim for that. It's been very much a case of we take things as it comes and we hope to go up at eventually. But... There's been no talk of we, we're going to win the title this year. So, yeah, that that is all added pressure. But I would also like to, to credit Bischofshofen because they've been under a lot of pressure over the last couple of years. They struggled to pick up any points last season, I think, only one. And this is their third game this season where they've taken points and they've really showed mental strength not to give up after going two goals down because, you know, it was only a year ago that, that Pinsgale beat Bischofshofen 10-1 at home. So they really did come back well, and I think credit to them and their manager, Dan Mispitzer. But obviously, from our point of view, it's, uh, yeah, it's a tough one to take. Yeah, Spitzer and his co-trainer, Adonis Spitzer as well. I think a relative of his, <laughs> of course. They really changed around that side in summer. Yet again, we've come up against an opponent who's radically different from last season. And this is sort of put into contrast with Pinsgau, actually. Now, a few games into the season, I think we are paying the price a little bit for missing out on some of our better players from last year. And if you look at the other teams in the league, nobody stood still. Everybody has refreshed. Everybody's brought in some really good players. And at the moment, Pinscow's new, new signings and new players haven't all really had much chance to impress. So it's not really a crisis yet. It has been described as a crisis in some of the newspapers. I think that's to go along with a good narrative that they've got of like Pinscow gunning for the Champions League in crisis already. There are only five games in. Seven points from five games is not what we wanted but it's also not a crisis. You know, we're, we're still well in there in, in that battle um, and the league is going to develop into a very tight battle. So there's still time to put it right, but I do feel like some of the players have got to step up and, and they've got to go for the win. They've got to be unhappy when they don't win. I, I feel like at the moment there's this kind of mood around the club that you could feel a little bit where it's like not everybody's ready to, to put 
to put everything into this and be be upset. You know, some of the players look quite contented after a 2-2 draw. And I think that, that just doesn't match up with Pinskow's ambitions right now. Do you think that perhaps there's a case to be made that, that Ziga doesn't know his best starting eleven yet or perhaps is unsure because there have been a lot of changes in personnel so far. You know, Dominic Kershner was totally left out of the squad this for this game against Bischoff and previously Oli Valentine's been dropped as well. Obviously, there's a lot of new players coming in, but it seems like it's not just rotation to refresh the players and keep their legs fresh. It seems like genuine experimentation. Do you think that's something that's perhaps impacting or holding us back a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think it does help in terms of gaining some kind of consistency and, and building this this yeah a regularity within the side that is difficult but of course Ziga is not afraid to drop players we've we've definitely seen that he's he's not one to shirk from a decision and that's probably not making everybody perfectly happy in the dressing room I would imagine I think that's okay I want some of the players to be less comfortable and really fight for their place I'm happy to see that but I think your point about him not knowing his best 11 is perhaps true it seems to me that Pinskow are trying to build a playing style and whilst that is definitely to be commended at this level you know in the long run it's really it's easier to support a side when you know what kind of football they're trying to play that's that's very commendable it's very honorable but at the end of the day this is the third division in Austria right now in heavy, heavy rain on a pitch that's chopping up. Sometimes you've got to just have that extra bit of mental toughness to get the job done. At 2-0 up, you know, with, with not that long left in the game, you've got to hold on to that. And I feel at the moment, for whatever reason, this side, and Ziga has to take some responsibility for this, this side always look like they're going to concede goals. There's no confidence when they're ahead. And, and I thought even in this one, you know, against Akirshan, I, I said I wish they'd have gone 2-0 up and they would have won it. But then we were 2-0 up in this game and I certainly didn't feel like it was game over. And I really thought I'm watching out for the next five, six, seven minutes for the team to compose themselves again, to settle. And they didn't manage to hold on for that period. You know, they gave away a silly mistake just after going 2-0 up and, and that, that gave Bischoff often this, this vital lifeline. And we can't afford to keep doing things like that, basically, because the same thing happened against Sikirshin. There's, there's bad luck involved, for sure. But one way or another, it has to change and, and some responsibility has to lie there with, with Ziga. He's still experimenting, still trying to find his best, his uh, preferred 11. Maybe he's looking for different tactics against every team. You know, of course, that, that also is very honourable in itself. You know, you're doing the research against the opponents. You're trying to think of the best way to, to take on those opponents. But if it's, if it's starving your team of continuity, that's also not very helpful for the guys either. Yeah, I agree with that. What would you say was the, moving on to something slightly different, what would you say was the, the match day experience like in Southfeldon? Because that was the first time any of us have been at a, a league game for Pinsgar. Yeah, so I had the opportunity to commentate live from the grandstand instead of being in the studio. And it was really special. It was really, really nice. It's so great to be there live on the day to see the fans supporting FC Pinsgar. It's really difficult at the moment. This this actually made it hit home for me right now, how difficult it is with, with Corona and, and these times, you know, we'd love to be just encouraging more people to get there and, and wear their blue shirts and, and support the boys. And I think they miss that a bit as well. You know, we've got this, we've got a fan base and a dedicated fan base, but what we want to be doing now 
is growing this and, and, and encouraging as many people as possible to come to the games and, and generate this real match day atmosphere at FC Pinskow Southfeld. And, and I think something's just missing a little bit at the moment. And I mean, we say it every week, but I can't wait till the fan owners from the US can get over and some really passionate people can, can get involved because I think the club is just missing a little bit of that at the moment, even though it was really nice and it was a lovely experience to be there. And, and of course, it's much better to commentate from the stadium than it is to commentate from the studio. It, it brings that extra something to it. I guess we all have to operate within the limitations that are in place at the moment and as much work as possible that can be done remotely. So getting fans interested in the streams, getting fans interested in interacting on social media, all of that will be building up. And then when the time does come, when these corona regulations are loosened and, and fans can travel over and fan owners can get to Austria for the first time, perhaps, or at least the club for the first time, then there'll be sort of this swell of support that's waiting to come in. So yeah, they can't get here right now, but I think there are plenty of people that are in this for the long term and, and are really looking forward to getting here at the earliest opportunity. Well, if you look forward in the short term, we've got Esaka coming up this week and then a game against Anif at home again on the weekend. So it was a tough result against Bischofshofen. Things haven't exactly been going according to plan. But as I alluded to earlier, I don't think it's a disaster. We're still in there. It does put a bit more pressure on these games coming up against Sack and Anif, though, doesn't it? Big week for Christian Sieger's side. You know, two more games, one just after that game and then only a few more days to recover for the game against Anif. What are we looking for? to get out of those two games? I think definitely as a, as a foundation, a solid defensive performance and to try and finish off chances. I know that sounds cliche, but at both ends of the pitch, just a little bit more stability, a little bit more solidity. It's obviously going to be tough against Sack because that's, you know, they were the, the leaders of the, the table at the point where the, the season was, was cancelled uh, last year. Uh, they're obviously a very good team. There's been a lot of overhaul to the squad and a lot of changes, and they've also suffered from inconsistency in the opening weeks of this season. So perhaps it's sort of two teams in a similar boat, but you've got to be looking for a win there. And I guess obviously it is an intense time and it's a quick turnaround with a game only a few days later. But if you've just had a disappointing result, then that's what you want. You want to be playing again. You want to get back on the pitch and you want to bounce back. And, and hopefully we'll see some of that this week. Yeah, six games coming up in September, a massive month. You know, they can't all be must-win games, but it would be fair to say that after the August we've had, a bit of mixed fortunes, September is kind of going to be make or break for this season. I think it's too early to, to draw conclusions right now, but at the end of September, we will have a good, a better idea of where Pinskow lie in this league table for real and, and whether they are able to, to push onwards and upwards. I agree, but I think already to some extent you can sort of see trends developing. And if you look at Austria Salzburg's form, they've played one game fewer. They have 12 points on the board, already five points more than us. Obviously, there is a long way to go, but you can see that some teams are breaking away and there are only two promotion spots available. So if Austria Salzburg end up taking one of them, there's going to be a furious race between teams like Sack and Kukel and maybe Seekirchen as they, as they all try and vie and perhaps get that other spot. So it's going to be tough. Um, and yeah, like you say, we'll have to see how things turn out. But at the moment, it does seem like already Austria Salzburg are pulling away. Yeah, looking on to the rest of the table, there weren't many fixtures uh, alongside Pinskow's game against Bischofshofen. But there was one in the regional league of Salzburg and it was Valsgrunau, pointless Valsgrunau, who we beat on match day one, taking on Kuchel, a rival of ours in that upper mid-table bracket. And uh, it was a surprising result. Valsgrunau ended up winning 2-1 to get their first win of the season, their first points of the season. So that's done no harm for Pinskow, has it? 
Certainly not. And actually, the first team to defeat Kukul this season in any of their games. I have to say, I was completely stunned when I saw this result. But then the regional league of Salzburg has been throwing up plenty of surprises so far. It will certainly help us by keeping some of our rivals a bit closer to us. But ultimately, you can't be relying on other results and you need to do the business yourself. And that's why we need to start picking up points. And, and as one of our Twitter followers said, 18 points in September would be nice. So hopefully the first three coming up against Sack. Yeah, 18 points from September would be absolutely brilliant. We'll do something very special online if uh, if we get 18 points from September. I don't know what it is yet, but we'll do something really special, I promise. Um, <laughs> Lee's looking at me like, why have you promised something? What, what have you promised? What are you going to do? Um, the reason, though, there were only a couple of games in the Salzburg Regional League this weekend is uh, largely down to the fact that the UFB Cup, the Austrian Domestic Cup, kicked off with round one this weekend. There were some big games. There were some small niche games as well. But a couple of teams from our very division ended up playing against uh, opponents from higher up the football leagues here in Austria as well. So some really interesting games. St. Johann, our league rivals that we're yet to play, they faced Rapid Vienna in the Allianz Stadion in Vienna, so a great tie for them in the first round of the Cup. And Sekirchen, our conquerors last week, they played Giaka, Grazer AK, one of the big sides in the second division, you know, a side who are really well supported. So two massive ties. A shame we weren't able to be involved in those, but how did those sides get on, Lee? Well, I think when, when it comes to the Sekirchen tie, you can, you can clearly see from the way they played against us that they're a very physical team. They don't really like to play too much football on the ground. And that's not a criticism because every team has their own style, but perhaps for, for a lot of neutrals, it isn't the most aesthetically pleasing. I would imagine, having not seen that game myself, that they put in a very physical performance and, and troubled Graz AK that way. You know, this is Graz AK is one of the most storied teams in Austria. They were the, the Bundesliga champions as recently as 2004, even beat Liverpool in Champions League qualifying that summer. So this is a, a historic team. And even though they're now in the second tier, it was obviously a big result and a, a big surprise that, that Sierkirchen were able to beat them. As for TSV St. Johan, of course, uh, I think when, you, when you're drawn against Rapid Vienna, you know that you've got a, a, a very, very tough tie coming up. They were the, the cup finalists the season before last against Salzburg. And they're obviously the record champions here in Austria. So no real surprises there. But yeah, congrats to Seekirchen. They're clearly doing wonders for the, the Salzburg Regional League. Yeah, Sikirchen beat Giacat 1-0 through Ogunlade, the scorer of our, the winning goal against us, unfortunately. And uh, St. Johan were beaten 5-0 by Rapid Vienna, a consummate performance from the Rapid Vienna strike force. That was the reason that there were only a few games in the Salzburg Regional League this weekend. Um, as we've alluded to, there's a game for us coming up against SRK midweek. There's lots more midweek fixtures for the Regional League Salzburg teams as well. So a busy week for everybody in our division and uh, we're really looking forward to, to the game against Sack and hoping for three more points. It's going to be a tough one away from home as well. We don't really know what kind of teams Eager's going to put out there. There are still a few injury concerns. You can read all about that. If you want to find a bit more about the, the history of Sack, our preview will be up online on the, the website www.fcps.at. That will be in English and German. So you can prepare yourself for the fixture and we can prepare ourselves for, for covering what will hopefully be three points away from home. Yes, I'll be back on the live stream in the studio this time, not in the ground, unfortunately, because SRCAR have a lovely ground, don't they? Centre of Salzburg, really beautiful, overlooked by the castle. Wish I was there. We can't all be there, but we can enjoy it online. FCPS, AT or Facebook Live to watch that one on, what is it, Tuesday, 7 o'clock? Yes. See you there. Thanks a lot for joining us on the FCPS show.
This has been the FCPS show. It's recorded, produced and edited in Vienna, Austria for FC Pinskau Saalfelden. And if you're interested to find out more about Europe's unique fan-owned club model, then why don't you head on over to wefunder.com forward slash fan.owned.club and find out everything that you need to know about this incredible opportunity to become a part owner of a European soccer club.